Welcome back to Logically Speaking Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Daily Beacon. This week, we'll be talking about marquee matchups of the NFL and college football games. So, we're going to start with the 1 o'clock game, Steelers versus the Ravens. Adam, you can take it. Yeah, um, in this one, I'm going to take the Steelers. Uh, I know the Ravens have a three-point favorite as of right now, but as they are the home team, they automatically get those three points. So, it's a it's a super close projection, which I think the game will be um, usually these matchups seem to be, especially in this division, no matter the teams that are playing. Um, but I think the Steelers are starting to get back on track. The first half of that Browns game last week didn't look pretty for them, but they started to warm up in the second half. The offense started to look like more of you know the Steelers that we all know, taking some deep shots, feeding James Conner the ball, um, stuff like that. So I'm going to take the Steelers on this one. I think Flacco struggles a little bit um, against the Steelers' pass rush. Um, but overall, I think the Steelers pull it out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to take the Steelers, too. It's going to be a close one. I think the Ravens have a lot to prove after last week's debacle, uh, especially defense-wise. Uh, I mean, Joe Flacco didn't look great. and I, The whole team overall just looked pretty terrible. Um, the Steelers, yeah, like you said, they held it pretty close against the Browns in the beginning. But as we obviously know, the Browns are... The Browns. They're, they're pretty mediocre right now, which obviously led to their head coach and offensive coordinator being fired this past week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, they're 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 still solid teams. As the game went on, they still pulled out, they still pulled away. Um, I'd I'd probably take the Steelers in a probably close one. Probably gonna be about three three points to a touchdown at the max. Um, but yeah, I think the Ravens have a lot to prove going in this week, and the Steelers are performing pretty well right now. Yeah, I actually uh, have the Ravens in this one. I, I like them at home. I like their defense a lot. And the first game they played, John Brown had a pretty big game. I think three catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. I think he kind of beat their defense, which has kind of been the problem with the Steelers all year. Uh, big Ben, you know, he had the hand, uh, the hand injury. I think his left hand is pinky or something like yeah. that, which I don't think is going to be a big deal going forward, but I think that's something to note. But I think the Antonio Brown, I think we saw last week, what, two touchdowns? I think that's a big deal. I think yeah. they're finally getting in the ball after the first couple weeks of them having issues. And then James Conner looks probably like the running back of the year, almost. He's having that type of year. Yeah, he's a top five back right now. With Kamara, I think, within Zeke, even though they're kind of struggling. Even though I think Kamara's definitely having himself a year for sure, and Zeke's kind of like going downhill a little bit. But, I mean, it's Zeke, so he always has a chance. Um, But I think at the end of the day, I think the Steelers are going to pull this one. uh, The Ravens are going to pull this one out. I think at the end of the day, I think Ravens are going to score to come down and score a touchdown. And I just think that. They're going to have find a way to win this one at home, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think another X factor for this one is Schuster. I think he's going to have to have a big game because Antonio Brown is going to be covered by Jimmy Smith for most of this one, oh, probably. Sure. Um, and I think he'll follow AB for most of this game. Um, so I think it's going to just depend on if Schuster can get open, get some catches. He's been a little quieter the past couple weeks that they've been playing. Um, but I think he can start warming up. Uh, only two touchdowns on the year, but I expect that to change pretty quickly. Um, heading into the next one, it's going to be Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Miller, you can kick this one off. Yeah, I think this is going to be another close one. Uh, you got Seattle with the minus two favorite right now. I, I again, just because of the home team. Uh, Chargers come off a pretty, a pretty close win two weeks ago after the bye week against the Titans in London. Uh, you could argue that you know they didn't entirely deserve to win that game, but hey, Titans had to go for it for two. It happened. They won. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm still fine. <laughs> anyway, I think the Chargers overall are a pretty impressive team. I mean, they're they're five and two right now. So obviously they're doing something. They're doing things right. Their offense is looking pretty great. Uh, their defense is like we've mentioned in past weeks. They're still. They're. I think they're finally like the defense we expect them to be. So the pass rush could still be a little bit better, but I think that's just going to get better with time and as long as Bosa gets back pretty soon. 
Um, Seahawks had an impressive win last week, but I, overall, I think the Chargers are a more talented team, and they're probably going to buy a touchdown or two. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Chargers in this one. Um, I think their offense is starting to get going a little more, and I think coming off the bye week, Melvin Gordon uh, being a little bit healthier probably will play a big factor. I think you're going to see less Eckler um, than you did in their last game when Gordon couldn't go. Um, but I think he's going to be huge because that Seattle pass rush has been getting to the quarterback a lot as of late. The defense looks a lot better. So you could see him getting a few catches and then probably taking some deep shots. I wouldn't expect, uh, I would expect Tyrell Williams to get involved, uh, just because the play action is going to be there if they can get Melvin, you know, trying to run the ball really well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, last week I took the Seahawks, um, cause I, I feel like they're getting back on track. Uh, and I took them against the Lions. I think I was the only one. You were. Um, yeah. But I thought it, I I thought they they were starting to get back on track, and they they look like they are. But I think this is a tough one, especially with the Chargers coming off a bye. I feel like this is one of those games where if the Seahawks can get this game, it shows that they're really back on track and they can do something with this season. But I just don't feel like their offense is quite there yet, especially yeah, yeah. against a talented Chargers defense. Yeah. Um, again, I seem to be the only one picking uh, the Seahawks. I think that, um, as we know, the Chargers came off a bye. Uh, Melvin Gordon was hurt that game. It was close, but I think if Melvin Gordon um, gets the ball more, I think if he's there, I think that game is a little bit bigger than what as close as it was with the two-point um, conversion that the Titans didn't get. I think that Bo- Bosa's still out is a big deal for the Chargers. I don't think they're quite up there, and I think that's why everybody's not quite sold on them yet. And yeah. I don't blame them for that because Bosa's definitely a top-five defensive end in the league for sure. Um the Seahawks last week, coming off, like you said, a good win against the Lions, they were really committed to Chris Carson and giving him the ball at 25 carries, I think, last week and over 100 yards. Yeah. I think the way the Seahawks are going to win this game is by just giving him the ball and had controlling the time of possession with the Titans yeah. did last week, which I think is going to be kind of the way teams are going to have to beat the Chargers because we all know how explosive they can be. Yeah. Um, and I just think that, like I said, the time of possession is the way the Seahawks are going to win this one. Seahawks are at home. They have the 12th man. I think it's one of those games that this is like a must-win for the Seahawks. I think yeah, they're going to get sure. it. Yeah, I think with the Seahawks is they're going to have to, like, last year their offense was just Russ. Like, they couldn't run the ball. They weren't trying to run the ball because they knew they just couldn't get the blocking. This year it's the completely other side of the spectrum to where they're running the ball a ton and letting Wilson make the plays that they know he can make but not putting too much on him. Uh, moving into the next one, going to be another 4:05 uh, start on the Eastern time slot. It's going to be the Texans at the Denver Broncos. Um, the Broncos technically minus one right now, uh, but they are the home team. Jared, who you got in this one? I have the Texans in this one. They're coming off a good Thursday night win against the Dolphins where they absolutely destroyed their defense and made them look silly. Um, I just they're really hot right now. I know Will Fuller was out for, uh, was ruled out for the season with an ACL, which is a huge loss for them because I mean yeah. he's most times DeAndre Hopkins is going to get either shadow covered or he's going to get double teamed, and Will Fuller's kind of an X factor. But they did trade for Demaris Thomas, which is a big deal. What was it, for a fourth round? I think swaps of the seventh yeah. maybe. So I think that's huge. I know Demaris Thomas isn't it's almost what you'd say a shell of himself. I still think he's um, a premier talent at the wide receiver position. I think that J.J. Watt is looking like a defensive player of the year. I mean, you saw him last week. If you watched the game, he was just getting having to get double teamed. And when he was just him one-on-one against Juwan Jane, uh, uh, it just didn't look good. Like, yeah, it wasn't pretty for Juwan. No. And everything, like people money contract about saying this is going to be the money year, they take all that back. <laughs> yeah. He's not quite it. Um, Broncos, I think Lindsey, I think he looks like rookie of the year. He has, just, I think he has more rushing yards than Saquon this year, which 
It's kind of a big Yeah, he's been quietly putting up numbers. So I just think at the end of the day, Texans are too hot for the Broncos, even though it's at mile high. I just think at the end of the day, Texans are going to find a way to pull out this one. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a close one for sure. Uh, kind of funny that Demarius Thomas gets straight to the Texans and then immediately has to play against his old team. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I just that that's got to be awkward. But at the same time, you know, give him the game plan. For you know? sure, I do, I do think. And speaking of Thomas, I think he's gonna be the X factor in this game, depending on if how much he can play, how much of the game plan he might understand already. He's a pro, so you probably expect he can attach onto things more yeah. quickly. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton could be an X factor in this game for the Broncos, though they clearly trust him right now and think he is the future at wide receiver. Uh, but overall, I think the Texans are just way too talented on offense right now. I mean, definitely, I think the Texans' offense have, is overall a better unit than the Broncos right now. I just don't like Case Keenum all that much. I mean, he has 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's, that's yeah, not really. Rough. That's not going to win you games. That's yeah. that's a definition game manager who like can score a couple of t- maybe a touchdown or two a game, and then also throw a pick or two a game. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson's putting up a great year so far. He's kind of waking up since the beginning of the year. We all pretty much dogged him. Uh, but overall, like kind of like Jared said, I think the Texans' defense is way too powerful, and I think the offense is way too good. So I think they're going to probably win like a three to seven point one again. Yeah, I think the Texans will take this one as well. I think Watson is starting to get back on track. The O line looked a lot better last week than it had in previous weeks. Um, so I think that's important. Uh, I think the Broncos can keep this a little bit closer just because I think they can run the ball some against that Texans defense, try to control the clock. Um, but like you said, Court, Cortland Sutton, I like him a lot. I love the size, and I like how he fits in that offense. Maybe not with Case Keenum at quarterback. You know, that could change fairly quickly here. It depends on how long they ride with, with Keenum. Um, but I think that Sutton, uh, him and Ridley are definitely the two standout receivers so far for me from this past draft. I, um, I don't think DJ Moore is quite there yet, even though last week they did implement him a little more. Mm-hmm. But I think getting rid of Thomas opens the door for Sutton even more. Uh, I picked him up in a couple leagues this week just because I think um, once he gets acclimated to the two spot rather than just playing you know, the three, they're going to try to get him going a lot more um so i think the texans will pull it out it'll be closer than a lot of people think um but i think an x factor will be demarius thomas and Cortland sudden like you said um moving into the next one we have uh the undefeated rams visiting the new orleans saints uh miller i'll let you kick this one off yeah i'm i might be different from different from the tv on this pick for the first time in a while i'm gonna pick the saints surprisingly i know i, I keep saying you can't really pick against the rams till they lose i think this is gonna be the week uh I mean, I don't. I, I think it's going to be a super close game, probably super high scoring. I mean, you have two, two of the most potent offenses in the entire league going against each other. Overall, I know the Rams made a trade on defense for Deontay Fowler. Uh, I like it. I, I, overall, I just think the Saints are more talented on, off, on defense. Uh, and even on offense, I, I think Todd Gurley is going to have a pretty solid game. But I do like Kamara and Ingram to have a pretty solid game as well. Uh, I think overall the Saints are just going to end up scoring a, like a touchdown more probably towards the end of the game. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to take the Rams in this one. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, one of the games of the year for me. I think this is the biggest overall game uh, of any so far this season. It is the undefeated team against probably what most think is another top five team, possibly top three. Um, But I think the Rams come out and they have a good day on offense. Uh, I think the uh, Davenport for the Saints – He's going to be out a month. I think that's big because that he's been playing really well as of late, especially. the You're a lot better against the Rams offense if you can pressure Goff uh, because he does make a, a few of those mental mistakes that we saw, especially earlier in his career. Um, so I think that getting less pressure on him will make it a tougher day for the Saints secondary. P.J. Williams 
somehow won NFC Defensive Player of the Week yeah, from this past week. I really just think they saw interception for a touchdown and they said, okay, we'll give it to him because it was a big game. But for about 85% of the game was getting burnt by, which, you know, he was against Stephon Diggs and Thielen. But either way, he didn't deserve Player of the Week, and I watched every snap of that game, and not whatsoever. So I think he struggles again this week. Cooper Cup is back. Uh, Sean McVay already said that. Um, so I think they're going to have a good day on offense. I don't expect the Saints to have a bad day on offense. I think the Rams' defense is good, but the secondary struggles uh, in a lot of against a lot of good passing teams. I think Marcus Peters is a bit overrated. I like Lattimore more than Peters right now. It's not all that close for me. Um, usually when Peters is against bigger uh, faster receivers like Michael Thomas, uh, then he struggles a bit more because he is a little smaller. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams in this one in a close one, um, unfortunately, against my Saints. Yeah, I'm actually with Miller. I'm going to take the Saints on this one. The last two weeks, I've uh, picked against the Saints. Both have backfired uh, very badly. So I think the Saints, the way they're going to win this game, I think it's going to be one of those where whoever gets the ball last is going to win. I just think at the end of the day, the Saints are probably more than likely going to get the ball at the end, and they're going to find a way to pull it out. I think Kamara has a big game because we all know how potent the Rams' defensive line is with Sue, Aaron Donald, now Dante Fowler, and Michael Brockers. But the linebackers is the biggest thing for me. It's like their main weakness besides their second, because their secondary is also cold. So I just think Kamara, it's going to be one of those things where Kamara's going to have a bunch of catches. I look for him to have maybe eight or nine catches to uh, Sunday. Yeah. And I look for him to have a big game on, like passing wise. I mean, obviously, he's going to be able to run the ball, but I think Ingram's going to maybe handle more of the duties so they can get a chance for Kamara to get out there. And I just think. It's at the uh, Mercedes Dome. I just think at the end of the day, the Saints are just going to find a way to win this one. Breeze usually does. It's kind of his game. And I think the Rams will no longer be undefeated. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. The safeties for the Rams, those young safeties, are really talented. Uh, but I think when it comes to the corners, they might struggle a bit. But I agree with you on the linebackers. Those are going to be important for the Rams just because they're going to have to chase down the Kamara plays, make plays on Ingram if he can get outside, stuff like that. But I hope you both are correct. That I'm really not a fan do. of Peters either. I don't think I think I had was yeah. like I was kind of big on him in the beginning of the year, but after watching some of it with with Talib being out, yeah. I just yeah, this no, is not I, a number one. I don't yeah, think. I've I've watched more of him now that he's on an undefeated team and they get a lot of primetime games. I've seen him more than when he was on the Chiefs and the Chiefs were an up and down team, um, and I, he just hasn't impressed me quite quite there yet. He takes some some dumb penalties and stuff like that. So yeah, I hope you guys are right, uh, but we'll see how that one goes. Moving into the eight twenty. Eastern game on Sunday night. It's going to be the Packers visiting the Patriots. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's the battle of the two quarterbacks that you know people talk about as the goats of right now. Um, with Brady, it's the goats of ever. But with Rodgers, it's like right now. A lot of people think he has more talent than Brady, stuff like that. Um, so in this one, I'm going to take the Patriots. Uh, I think this is a game where it's like it's just the game's the Pats win in prime time against a great other quarterback. Brady always seems to show up, especially at Gillette. I think that's a big factor. If this was at Lambeau, I think it would be a lot different um, just because of that home crowd is ridiculous, as is Gillette. Uh, but I think the Patriots, for the most part, are a completely different team at Gillette a lot of the times, especially in these big primetime games. Uh, Michelle is still questionable. We don't know if he's going to play this week, but I don't see him playing. Uh, I think he's still got another, at least another week or two um, until he's back. Uh, so you'll see a lot of James White again. I think he had like nine or ten catches last week. Uh, he had like 
three or four on the first opening drive. Like they get him the ball as much as possible. He's the, he's the safety blanket uh, for for Brady. He's in that triangle of trust as of right now. Um, and so in this one, I think the Packers secondary played really good against the Rams last year. Jair Alexander looks like a potential rookie of the year candidate. And I think a lot of people aren't talking about him personally. I thought he deserved, um, player of the week last year Mm -hmm. on defense, um, just because of how good he played. Uh, so I expect him to be on Josh Gordon, maybe some, he's more of the outside, uh, corner and got, uh, Gordon is lined up outside more than Edelman is. So I expect Edelman to maybe, you know, make some plays in this one underneath. Um, and Gronk still up in the air. He hasn't been too much involved in the offense as of late, but, uh, if he plays, I expect him to do all right against uh, the linebacker crew that isn't too quick for the for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this one's been a toss-up for me. Uh, I've been going back and forth, but I think I'm overall going to go with the Patriots since they are the home team. I mean, right now, James White's been killing it for their offense. I mean, like you said, I think they want to get Sonny Michelle back when he's fully healthy. I don't think they want to risk it because he is important to their offense overall. He is their main source of the ground attack. But I think as of right now, rolling with James White isn't a mistake. I mean, he's their leading receiver and has six touchdowns on the year already. So, I mean, it's not it's not a bad way to go. Obviously, the Packers just trade away two pieces in Ty Montgomery and Ha-Ha Clinton Dix. I don't think it affects them overall. I think Dix is, was a main impactor on defense overall. So, I think it kind of does hurt to lose him. I mean, like you said, they have players like Jay Alexander who've been killing it this year for him, and I think their defense is a bit under the radar. They're not great, but they're also not, like, horrendous. I think they're, a bit, a, like, pretty mid-tier, like, upper mid-tier. But, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, it's at it's at the Patriots. I mean, it's it's a game they win in prime time. I think it's definitely going to be a close one, probably more high-scoring than people might think, but I, I'm going to take the Patriots probably by a touchdown. Uh, well, again, I seem to be the only one, so I'm picking the Patriots on this, uh, Packers on this one, sorry. Last week, we saw what happened. Ty Montgomery took the ball to the end zone. Whether he was supposed to or not, nobody will really know because nobody's ever going to say it. Um, but we all fumbled it, and then that was the game. It was supposed and, to be Rodgers, yeah. the bad man, go down there and get the win, which we all expected him to, and they didn't even give him a chance. Yeah, and Ty, Ty got shipped out pretty quick after. Yeah, so. for, a 20, for a next year, seventh round, good one. Yeah, yeah you, you can tell how much they don't like him. It's never a good time to get traded away for a seventh round. <laughs> Especially next year. That's That's tough. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, it's just unbelievable, and I I'm still kind of confused about the Ha Ha Clinton Dix trade. I just don't see it. I mean, they were kind of struggling. I mean, they weren't struggling on defense. I think their defense gets overshadowed because obviously you have Aaron Rodgers, so you're not gonna look at them when you think Green Bay. You think of Aaron Rodgers' offense. Same with Brady. You think of uh, Edelman, Brady, James White offense. You don't think of the defense as much, but we all know how defense like we they showed up. Green Bay's defense showed up last week. Yeah. So I think it's going to be the same thing. I think at the end at the end of the day, I think the Packers are going to get the ball back one last time. I think they're going to finally not make the same mistake. I think they're going to take a knee in the end zone. And I think they're going to uh, Rodgers is going to do what he does, be the bad man he is, as Stephen A. calls him, and I think he's going to find a way to get a win. I think it's going to be a, like a field goal. Mason Crosby is going to hit it. Not the five misses like he yeah. had like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I think he's past that though. I think mm-hmm. so too. I, you can only hope. Yeah, you can only hope about that. But also, Aaron Jones could be important in this game just because I think they want to keep the ball out of Brady's hands as much as they can. I think if they can have success on the ground, that's a big factor. Um, so I think if Jones has a good game, this this game will be really close and maybe not as high scoring just because if Aaron Jones can successfully run the ball, there's no reason you want to pass just because. You don't, you don't want to score quickly. Just because Brady gets the ball more, they're probably going to score more. Uh, moving on to the college games, uh, it's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs and the Kentucky Wildcats. It's going to be this SEC powerhouse matchup um, that we've all waited to see. Um, 
In this one, I'm going to take Georgia in a not-so-close game. I, I uh, actually just don't think Kentucky is all that great, especially when you play an SEC defense like Georgia. Um, I think their quarterback's going to struggle because he hasn't thrown the ball great. His completion percentage is down there towards the bottom in the SEC. Um, I think Benny Snell is their whole offense, basically, and it's going to be tough, especially when Georgia could possibly stack the box for basically this whole game and make Benny Snell make plays and make them throw the ball down the field. Uh, so I am going to take Jake Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs in this one um, in a game that could be a couple touchdowns uh, in, in the final score difference. I'm going to mildly disagree. I think this is going to be a game where like going into halftime, it's a bit closer than you might think. I do think the Kentucky defense overall is actually really impressive. More impre- like not probably not Georgia level or Alabama level, but like they're they're not bad. I think they're pretty under the radar. But like I said, if you make Kentucky have to throw the ball, it's definitely to their detriment. I think Benny Snell is a gigantic playmaker, and you did see their quarterback make make uh, make some key plays in the final drive against Missouri last week, which some would argue that they had no right to win if, with the penalties and all that. But I digress. I think Georgia overall, I mean, they stomped Florida last week. I mean, same kind of game. They went to halftime. It was pretty close. And then all of a sudden they come out in the second half and absolutely destroy them. Yeah. This would be the game where I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Fields sees some action. I know everyone kind of maybe thought he wouldn't last week. And then obviously Jake Fromm had control of the complete game. Mm-hmm. But I think this will be the week where maybe Kentucky's defense aggravates Jake Fromm and maybe make him, force him to make a couple of mistakes that he regrets. So I think Justin Fields could see the field, but overall, I think, like you said, I think Georgia's going to end up win, end winning by like 14 points, maybe in 21 with like garbage time touchdown. But I wouldn't be surprised Kentucky keeps it close for a little bit. Yeah, I think Justin Fields could see time in this one just because that Kentucky defense is extremely fast, especially on the edges. So if they can, if Fromm struggles early, you can see maybe Fields coming in because he is more mobile. Um, so when that pocket collapses, he can get out of it a lot, a lot better than Jake can. I think Fromm is a great throwing quarterback, but on the run, stuff like that, you definitely see him make more mistakes than I think you would from Fields. Yeah, I have Georgia in this one, but I, I think it's going to be like really close the entire way. I think it's going to be one of those things where they come down to the line. I think Georgia finds a way to pull it out. I, I really like Kentucky a lot. I think them being at home is a big deal for me. And I mean, we said this about LSU a couple uh, a couple weeks ago when Georgia played them. We said LSU, we thought they couldn't really throw the ball. We've seen, if you've watched any of their game, we know the quarterback's not really the main focus of their team. It's kind of been all defense and just no turnovers. And I think if Kentucky doesn't make any turnovers, I think this game's really close. I don't think it's going to be as big as y'all say. But then again, <clears throat> We all know their quarterback makes turnovers, and this game's going to be over really quick because we all know what's going to happen. They're going to have to abandon the run, and that's all a slippery slope. But I do think that Kentucky keeps it close, especially at being at home. And I just – obviously, Georgia's going to win this one. But, yeah, I would definitely watch for Jordan Allen of Kentucky's defense to make a huge impact on this game if Kentucky has a chance to even keep it close. Yeah, for sure. Uh, heading into the next one, another 3.30 Eastern kickoff. Uh, going to be the West Virginia Mountaineers visiting the Texas Longhorns. Um, I think this is going to be a good one. Um, I'm going to take West Virginia in this one. I think Will Greer goes out and kind of dots up the Longhorns secondary, especially on the back end. Um, I think it's going to be a close one. It could turn into a shootout just because these offenses, if they can get going, uh, can put up some points. So it really just depends. I think the first quarter of this game is going to explain a lot. And if uh, these teams play to their maximum effort and, you know, like, great potential that they have on offense, then I think it's going to be a shootout. But I think West Virginia is more talented at quarterback. Uh, I like Texas's receivers a lot. Lil Jordan Humphrey is, you know, not talked about very much, but I think he's really good. Uh, but overall, I like their receiver unit probably a little more than West Virginia's. Uh, but I think I like 
West Virginia's D line a little bit better. Um, they seem to be a little quicker off the edge and stuff like that. I think um, is is um, Ellinger starting this week? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, he's going to be mobile for sure. So I think that D line and those linebackers have to play good for West Virginia if they want to contain him. Yeah, contain the edge. Yeah, that because that'll be huge, especially if their secondary starts to struggle. They're going to have to send more pressure and get him out of the pocket um, and try to make him make some bad decisions. But I think it's going to be a close one. But the Mountaineers pull it out. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I, I do think it's going to be a, a bit of a close game, probably super high scoring. Uh, I mean, getting Ellinger back for the Texas is pretty it's pretty huge. I mean, they lost a heartbreaker to Oklahoma State last week, which <laughs> a game that on paper they probably should have won. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's college football. Anything can happen. But, yeah, I mean, I'm overall impressive. Will Gritty was my pre, my preseason uh, Heisman Trophy candidate. But, I mean, they kind of they have fallen off. I think this could be the week where West Virginia gets their names back in the conversation for the top ten and potentially even maybe jumping into a playoff spot, depending on how the season plays out. This week especially. This, this week is huge. I mean, Texas, there are 17, they're 6-2, but, I mean, any win against the top 20 teams is an impressive win, especially yeah. at this time where the actual playoff, like the football playoff poll is coming out. Any win's huge. I do, but again, I think West Virginia is overall the more impressive team, and I think it's going to be close. We'll probably about a touchdown or two, but I think West Virginia pulls it down in the end. Yeah, with West Virginia, if they can pull this game out, it basically you know puts them in the Big Twelve championship, and I think that's going to be important because they're most likely going to play Oklahoma um, if everything you know goes correctly as of right now. Um, I sure hope so. <laughs> but. So that would be a shootout as well. So if they could somehow pull this one off and that one, then I could definitely see them moving up that far. Uh, that's a tall task, of course, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm with uh, both you guys. West Virginia, for me, is going to be the pick. Uh, Longhorns lost last week. I mean, you as you said, the first quarter is going to be the biggest thing because as anybody who watched that game, the Texas offense struggled mightily against Oklahoma State, which has kind of been like – Oklahoma State hasn't been great this year. They lost a lot of talent last year. Mason Rudolph, James Washington. I, and defense-wise, they're just it's the Big 12, and our reputation is all offense, no defense, which is truth can be said in some of that. Uh, I think it's going to be a um, high-scoring game. I think at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing for West Virginia is this is going to be the game to show what they could have been, the biggest potential. Like, like You'll see what they could have been this year if they hadn't lost to Iowa State. And what the um, November, I think, uh, the November game when they play Oklahoma at Morgantown, what it could have been, what that game could have been, what, what people thought it should have been, and what Will Greer should have been as a Heisman candidate. So Yeah, I think the, the defense of Texas plays a lot off of their offense. So I think if their offense struggles early, it puts too much on the defense. And I think you saw that last week against Oklahoma State because I don't put all of that blame on their defense. I put it on the fact that their offense struggled for most of that first half. They woke up in the second half but it was about a half a quarter too late, um, and they couldn't come up with the win. Uh, coming up next, we're going to have the number five ranked Michigan Wolverines hosting the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, I think this will be a good game as well. Um, I personally love Trace McSorley. Uh, <laughs> not from a NFL talent standpoint, maybe. As of right now, he's very raw. Not the greatest arm talent, but uh, I just love watching him play. He's an exciting player to watch. Uh, I think Penn State is overall a much more exciting team to watch than Michigan. But on the other hand, Michigan has looked good so far this year. The defense has been playing really well as of late, especially these past few weeks. Um, they seem real quick uh, in the secondary, and those linebackers are getting a lot of pressure, um, which I think will be important in this one as well. Um, if you can make Trace run a lot, you know, try to make him, make him get out of the pocket and throw the ball, that'll be important. Rather than him just sit in there and have time, that's when he can make throws. Um, so in this one, I'm going to take Michigan in a close one. Um, I think Penn State has struggled 
uh, mightily um, against some some teams and in some games that some feel they should win. Um, but overall, I think Michigan's running game is going to be important. They've ran the ball really well as of late, and I think if they can keep the ball out of the Penn State offense's hands, then that's going to be important, and I think the Wolverines pull it out. Yeah, like I said, Adam, I know you and I both especially have a, a special place in our heart for Trace McSorley. We, I feel like we talk about him <laughs> nearly every week, at least privately. Uh, I mean, like you said, Trace McSorley is, is at least for in college, say, maybe, you know, who never knows in the NFL, but at least in college, he is a playmaker, and I think yeah. – I think this could be a week where you have to see him make a, a bunch of plays with his, with his legs. Uh, I, I like the Michigan defense overall. I think they are. I think their D line is pretty, pretty much a one college elite right now. Yeah. I, I'm overall super impressed with them. Yeah. There's yeah. A, there's only a couple D lines I would take over them yeah. right now, I, and I, they're basically both in the SEC and along with Clemson. Yeah. I think overall their pass rush is probably one of the tops in, in the entire in all of college. Um, this one's going to definitely be a close one. I think it's going to be how much Michigan can contain Penn State's offense. Uh, Michigan can put up points. Uh, they obviously the number five team in the country. They're there for a reason. You could argue that they haven't really played anyone besides Notre Dame, and they lost to them. But I mean, again, number five, they're ranked there for a reason. Uh, I think overall, I'm gonna take Penn State in a super close one. I think overall, Trace McSoley is gonna make a couple plays uh, that Michigan just can't overall keep up with an offense. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Probably gonna be a field goal game this week. I'm with you, Miller. I have Penn State in this one too. Uh, I like Trace McSoley, maybe not as much as you both do. But uh, I really like them a lot. And I just don't – I really – like, my biggest thing is the quarterback play for this game, and I just don't like Shane Patterson. I, I think what we're going to see this week is what he looked like against Notre Dame. I just don't – I'm not a huge fan. I mean, they're gonna, they've been able to run the ball really well this year, but I think Penn State's going to load the box, I think, and try to make Shea Patterson beat them. And we saw what happens when you have to put too much on his shoulders, and he kind of just flusters and fades away, as we saw in Notre Dame. And even then – I just still wasn't a huge fan of him at Ole Miss, even though he had some big wins there in the SEC. I'm I I like their defense. I like Michigan's defense a lot. I'm just not quite sold on them at number five. They haven't beat anybody for me. They beat Wisconsin a couple weeks ago, but we as we see now, they're not even ranked anymore. And I'm not I'm not sold on Michigan, but I mean, I'm also an Oklahoma fan, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Shea Patterson, I think it's which version of Shea Patterson do you get? Do you get these past couple weeks that they've played Shea Patterson or early season like the Notre Dame game? I think he's he's better with this playbook now. He's more comfortable in that offense. So I think even if they do stop the run of Michigan, I think he reverts back to a better sense of himself throwing the ball. Of course, I'm not a huge Shea Patterson fan, um, didn't like him at Ole Miss very much, but I think in this offense, he can be successful throwing the ball down the field if he's forced to, just because I think he's a lot more accustomed to the players he's with now. They have some big targets on the outside, so I think it, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a close one, but I'm going to take Michigan. Um, heading on to the next one, it's going to be Notre Dame and Northwestern. Uh, Jared, I'll let you kick this one off. All right, so I think we all know how I feel about Notre Dame. I, To me... They're just like Clemson. They haven't played anybody except Michigan because that obviously that win looks good now. But in a couple weeks when Michigan plays Ohio State and when they play Penn State, depending on how those two weeks go, they could be barely in the top 20 as we know it. But um, we all know Ian Cook looks really good. Uh, Ian Book, sorry. My fault. <laughs> uh, but he's looked really good since taking over the starting job. I just think Northwestern, they played good. They've played good so far. I think they're kind of not talked about as a Big Ten team. At the end of the day, I think Notre Dame's going to win this one, but don't be surprised. This would be my game that like people aren't probably looking at right now, but don't be surprised if Northwestern finds a way to win this game. 
for sure. But I just think at the end of the day, Notre Dame's probably going to pull it out, even though it's on the road. Yeah, I think Northwestern is kind of – their defense for sure is built for one of these kind of games. Um, I don't think it's going to be a massive blow by any chance. I mean, Navy kind of was in like within 20 points in their game last week, but that was – Again, that's it's Navy, so it's still Navy. Yeah, uh, but I think Northwestern has overall kind of impressed me like these couple weeks. I know they have three losses, but I mean overall they're not a bad team. They just kind of can't, they kind of can't make a critical play at some points. Um, I'll actually I I really like Notre Dame. I know, I know you can you can't obviously as Jerry mentioned you can make the argument they ha- really haven't played anyone besides Michigan, but like you also mentioned, it's really impressive win right now. Yeah, but as I mean, of right now, yeah. I think we can all agree that if Notre Dame goes undefeated, they're probably going to be in the top four at the end of should the year. Be. Oh, they, absolutely, definitely should. It's it's hard to dispute when any team is undefeated that they don't deserve at least a top four place, especially when they're a power five school. Yeah, unless you're UCF. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a whole different conversation. Yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> as long as long as you actually played in teams that you know you've heard of before that aren't yeah. all in the American Conference, I think I think you deserve to be in that conversation. <laughs> For but sure. yeah, like Jared said, I think Ian Book has really made this offense kind of sprout into what they have potential to be. I really like Notre Dame's defense overall. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to take Notre Dame probably about a 7-10 point win, actually. Yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. I think it will be a close one. I think Northwestern is one of those teams, they're just kind of annoying to the big teams. They're never going to really contend. They're not going to be a top-10 team, but they can be on the outskirts of the top 20, top 25, and play you know the, the season ruiner for a lot of teams. Um, but I think in this one, Notre Dame does find a way to pull it out. I think Ian Book is going to play a really good game. Um, but I think Northwestern just doesn't have quite the playmaking ability on offense to hang with Notre Dame. Um, so I think Notre Dame's defense kind of shows who they are truly. Um, after last week not looking great but not looking terrible, I think they wake back up this week against a better opponent um, and have a pretty good game. So I am going to take the Notre Dame uh, Fighting Irish in a close one this week. Uh, moving on to the – I think we're going to wrap it up with this one. Uh, we're going to have Alabama visiting Baton Rouge and the LSU Tigers um, I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, Miller, uh, you can kick this one off. Yeah, this one's definitely going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to be close than people might think it is. I mean, Alabama has obviously – there's no no one's been near their level so far. Uh, I mean, overall, I mean, LSU has impressed me through, throughout the couple weeks. I know their, their one loss of Florida kind of doesn't look super great anymore. Uh, Florida's still ranked number 11, but it's all right. But, I mean, overall, Al- Tua Tagovailoa has elevated Alabama to college elite probably of all time as of right now. It's hard to dispute them that, they're, that there's really anyone that can beat them. Uh, I mean, so without hesitation, I'm going to pick Alabama probably about by, by about 14 points. I wouldn't be surprised if LSU keeps it closer at the entire game, but Alabama probably gets a late game touchdown to seal it. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the Crimson Tide in this one as well. I don't think it's going to be all that close. Um, I think it's another case of when LSU played Georgia, but I think the Bama defense is a whole other monster than Georgia is. So I think Joe Burrow, he's you know been quoted before this week. I, I don't really know why you talk. On the week of the Alabama game, it's just not ever a good it's idea. Don't you people learn? Yeah, well, yeah, that's one of my things. Just don't talk when you're playing Saban's team. Keep it quiet. Try to make some plays um, and stuff like that. But he's like, you know, I'm not scared of the Bama defense. Well, he might be after this week. Good call. Um, yeah, because that those D linemen, those linebackers, um, some award semifinalists back there, even though, you know. It's 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 controversial. They should be, in my opinion, but that's okay. Um, so I am going to take the Crimson Tide. I think Tua has a pretty good game. Although I think this is his biggest test of the year. I think this and their game next week are going to be his two biggest uh, defensive fights. Um, just because LSU's defense has about four first round picks on it as of right now. Devin White, uh, he he will miss the first half of this game. Um, which I think could play a, a factor, but I think overall this is going to be a second-half game. Usually LSU can keep it close at first, but say, um, Nick Saban's like, halftime adjustments, 
pretty much bar none. Second um, and none for sure. Yeah, so I think uh, Bama kind of they might have a close one on their hands for the first half, kind of pull it out in the second half, and I see a fourteen to seventeen point win for them. Um, and honestly, the second half is going to be dominated by them, in my opinion. Um, if especially if Joe Burrow is pressured a lot and has to make a lot of throws because they can't run as effectively as usual. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think Alabama is going to find a way to win this one in Death Valley. Uh, I'm not super sold on Tua yet. They haven't like I. My biggest thing is if you haven't played anybody, I can't just really be super sold on you. They have played some good teams. Don't get me wrong, and they still have some other games upcoming. Mississippi State, which is going to be interesting to see. The, yeah, yeah. Play, playing that defense is that. That's my biggest thing. Tua is gonna. It's gonna show. Tr- his true colors. Um, I know people say, well, he came in, you know, in the championship game last year against a good defense. It's a different year. These defenses are probably better than that one. LSU, you know, the Bulldogs, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that one. But, yeah, I just don't think at the end of the day, Tua's going to find a way to win this one. Alabama usually does. Like you said, Saban, second half uh, adjustments are bar none. So, I just think at the end of the day, too much talent for Alabama. But LSU, this game is one of those rivalry games that's always close no matter what. No matter how much talent or lack of LSU has had over the past couple years, they always find a way to at least keep it close to the first couple quarters, I think. And I just, I mean... I want to see LSU kind of beat Alabama. I think everybody does, but I think at the end of the day, Alabama's the team to beat. It's Alabama, and then it's about five or six floors, and then it's two, three, and four, I yeah. think, at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I'm not really sold on Ed O as the LSU coach. I don't know if he's an SEC coach quite yet. Um, I think this is his biggest game so far of being their coach. And I think if they can pull this one out, that's going to be huge. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think the key for LSU to do it, to pretty much keep it any kind of close, or even maybe even one game is going to be their defense especially. Yeah. I think missing Les Miles is a big thing for me too. I think, yeah. I, I think this would be one of those games that Les Miles would oh, I'd have sure. more like confidence in them yeah. beating them instead of Ed Orgeron. Yeah, we just haven't seen Edo against quite a team like Alabama. He's overall um, in this In this time of the season, this stature of a game. Like basically, if LSU can pull this one out, guaranteed a spot in the SEC championship, basically probably playing Georgia or Kentucky. Um, and if they win that game, definitely in the top you know, two, in my opinion. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a big one, and I think it's going to be a good game, but the tide pulled it out. And that'll wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all back next week.